Hi, it's Rachel Zabonik-Chanko here for a special episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast celebrating Club Solutions Magazine's 20-year anniversary. As such, I have two very special guests joining me today, and that includes Club Solutions co-founders Sean McDonald and Rico Francis. We'll touch on the brand's history, our culture, and discuss what's ahead in the near future. It's a very genuine and just fun conversation with two of my favorite people. Enjoy. All right. Well, Sean and Rico, it's really funny to be interviewing you. This is a first. Yes. It's funny for me, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to get into the origins of Club Solutions Magazine because I think it's very interesting. And I think a lot of people don't know the story, which is you guys actually met when you were just little kids um, running track at 10 years old, correct? Rico, right. do you want to share your version? Yes, we were, we, we were 10. We met. Sean was a really good athlete, so we met and tracked anyway. And then we kind of lost contact, or we didn't keep up with each other, and then until high school. And that's where we really kind of became friends again and have been friends ever since. So, Sean, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Oh, that, that's brief enough. yeah so you guys you know obviously maintained your friendship through high school and in college and so let's jump ahead and talk about you know when you guys decided to launch club solutions magazine what was going on what was the you know inspiration for that idea you want you want the real story (laughs) go for it sean I think, you know, Rico and I always kept contact through college, I'll back up a little bit. And then he went into the corporate business world and um, I went into the personal training world. But we constantly kept contact after college as well. Just and we had talked about how it would be nice to be able to work together, because I think we had such a mutual respect for just how we had approached athletics playing together in high school. And then we both had played in college. And so I think, you know, what was always attractive to me with Rico as a partner was just his work ethic and how hard he was willing to work and, and, and was driven. And so we were trying to figure out what that was going to be. We took a little detour but we started talking when I had the personal training business and just how we could work together. And then my brother-in-law at the time, they were in marketing with auto dealerships and both of them and my wife all, all, all were in that. And they had, you know, one of the middle brothers had started a publication for auto dealers. And so we were talking one evening and he's like, you should do one for health clubs. And <laughs> it was... Uh, without any journalism publishing background, but I was curious what they were doing. And Rico was curious as well, what they were doing with, with the auto dealers. And, and it was really a publication based on helping them run a better business, you know, with actionable business solutions. And so we kind of understood the format, talked to my brother-in-law and thank God we didn't know what we know now. And, and we said, yeah, let's go try this and, and learn from him what he was doing and just kind of modeled that to get started. And 20 years later, look where we are. Yes. <laughs> Is it crazy knowing that, you know, you didn't have any publishing experience, no journalism experience to see that, you know, it has been able to maintain such success over the last 20 years, Rico? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's really, uh, I just agree with what Sean said. I, I'm thankful that we didn't know everything that we didn't know. Because I don't know, had we known how 
challenging it would be and what we were trying to do if would have would have done it. I can yeah. just, just speak for myself. I don't I don't I don't know that. But yeah, and then the decisions that you make in the beginning, I feel like, you know, I mean the people decisions are always the most important. And you know, that's probably where we struggled the most <laughs> mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then, you know, Sean and I are both very debt averse. Uh, and we're certainly that in the beginning. So that's always tough when you're, you know, a startup and you don't have a lot of money. So we made a lot of bad decisions, but like he said, we were both willing, Sean and I were both willing to work really hard. And I think we, you know, we both had a lot of faith that that's what ended up helping us make it really. So how long into the venture did you guys realize that you had something special and that this was going to work? I don't know. I feel that way right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I ever feel that way. I think, I think we discussed more coming into the industry when we did in 2003, we knew there were other brands kind of mm-hmm. serving that need. So, so we, we looked at, okay, if, if we're going to enter this market, what can be kind of our niche, you know, where are we really going to focus on? And so we, we stayed away from the news because we felt like the others covered that well. We talked in terms of what is content that'll be more lasting, that'll have a longer shelf life? Because back then, you know, the publication was really all you had. And so we were very much about actionable business solutions and takeaways from the articles that we were going to, you know, put out. And so, you know, back to is, you know, the thing that was pretty overwhelming was that, look, we don't have the experience. We don't have the reputation that some of the others have in the industry that have been in there 20 years you know, we're just going to have to try to work our tails off and outwork them. And I mean, we literally, you know, talked about that because, you know, Rico had left corporate America probably, I don't know, was it three to six months in where you were working in the, in the evenings after you get done. And I was kind of doing the same with my personal training business. And, you know, we both were listening to Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, and uh, I remember I he, I probably bugged the daylights out of him because I would call every week and and play the line in the background of my car. It was that you either, you know, it was the old war story. I don't know if it was the Battle of Normandy or not, but it was, you know, about the war general that when they landed in their boats, he ordered the ships to be burnt. And he Fernando said, Cortez. Yes, Fernando win, Cortez. Yeah. Yeah, or we mm-hmm. die. And yeah. so... We knew in order to make this work, not knowing what we didn't know and not having experience in publishing that I needed to sell my business at some point so that I couldn't retreat to it. And Rico, because if Rico was willing to walk out of corporate America, um, we were pretty bought in on we can't have an outlet to retreat because we knew it would be tough. And we knew those obstacles would would if we had the retreat avenue open, we could run back. and like This is too hard. Um, You had to be all in. Yeah, we did because we knew it would take that because we didn't know a lot. I mean, I felt like we were working scared. That was probably some of my motivation and fear, just trying to channel like, look, you know, we're we're taking a big step. Rico's taking a huge step. I mean, he had a very good job uh, working up the corporate ladder like you're, you know, supposed to do. Myself, I had a business that was was doing well. And so it's crazy to think, here we go. But what we'd always discuss is that journey, I think, was more powerful than the other things like that. Can we work together? And so that ultimately drove us to, who knows, probably go against everybody's advice. Yeah. And well, thank goodness. Take the leap of faith <laughs> to go. 
Very cool. Well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because obviously, you know, you guys took that leap of faith. It, it was, you know, successful by any standards. So I'm going to go through some of the evolutions of the company. Initially, you guys started off and you were having vendors write the content. And then at some point you were like, okay, we need to kind of change that strategy. And you hired an editorial team, you know, an editor and some writers and flipped that on its head and, and had more of an editorial based strategy. So I think that's really key. But at least for me, I think one of the biggest turning points and just, you know, I've been here for 13 years now, which is crazy to think was the launch of our events. For me, that was just another really significant turning point. So let's talk a little bit about that. Can you guys talk about the first event we ever did, which was the 2014 Club Solutions Leadership Summit at the Kentucky Derby? Well, I want to go what back started to, that? Yeah. So, so, so I want to go back to, to the transition that you talked about just okay. quickly, because that, like you mentioned, changing from the vendor-based format to you know having a true editorial team, that was a really big risk for us because we, you know, we, we took away our top sellers and then we added costs to be able to do that. And that, you know, at the same time, we did both of those things. So that was, it was obviously a long-term play. Like you said, though, it gave us credibility when we did that, which allowed us to be able to have an event. So uh, those two are very connected. Yeah. Uh, if we hadn't done that. I don't think we would have had the credibility and, you know, have been able to hire great people like yourself who could then develop relationships with people that would become our future attendees. So those two are connected. As far as the Derby, you know, that was another, I mean, Sean and I grew up going to the Derby, both from Louisville. And so that was something that we would kind of joke and talk about is, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had a, if we had an event at the Derby? And so I don't remember what the specific pep talk was. I mean, we would have pep talks all the time, Rachel. I mean, it was like. Mm-hmm. I think it was the end of the year meeting because I was okay. there when we came up with it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, I didn't even remember that. So, so you remember a lot more than I. So we had gotten to the point where we thought it could be really special because we knew how special the Derby was and unique in that very few people could pull it off. And so was a combination of developing the relationships uh, like you have with the audience, having enough credibility to pull it off and having this unbelievable uh, goal that, you know, would, would attract people. So those are all connected. And that, like you said, that started our whole events division. If you yeah. yeah. So. We had, I'll just add, we had, we had talked about events for probably several years. And I think we just were trying to find and land on the right type of an event for us, you know, because there's there was industry trade shows and and again trying to figure out what was really something that we thought we could thrive in. And I think you know we kept landing on some sort of intimate learning environment where experience really matters and we can connect people to one another because that that will enhance the experience. We knew it was crazy to try to pull that off being the first one at the Derby with just, you know, the the expense locally, hotels having no vacancies, the cost of tickets, you don't have any leverage. And most advice we got was play it safe, pull off a, you know, do a normal standard event. And and we just kept going back to, oh man, that's, we don't want to do that as our first event. Like we want to make a splash and what's something different that we could do that nobody else could probably do at least in the industry, because we were from here, you know, we were from Louisville, Kentucky, where the Derby was. So 
that kind of became the battle cry of how do we make this happen? And then at the time, this is before we even knew what the content would be. Mm-hmm. So we were like, hey, if we can get them there, <laughs> we have a large margin of error if our content is just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding, but there was talk, you know, in, in some degree of, you know, this will help us air on the experience side. But the first one happened, the content went really, really well. The concept of having uh, a more intimate style event that you're able to share experiences where, you know, when the trade show type, it's tougher to have those experiences that we did with bourbon history and bourbon tasting and going out to the track and having people come in and teach them how to bet and about the horse industry. So we were able to educate on some things that were just, I think, fun that were outside the box of just leadership, retention, marketing, sales. We hit on those, but we also added, you know, just a large experience element to what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for us or for me, at least just looking in on it, just the experience we were able to provide. I mean, the joy and the laughter and how much fun everyone was having at the first event, we were like, okay, we've, we've got something special here. So yeah. I still get text. I, I feel like I get text every Derby day. Yeah. From there was a point, there was a point years ago, people, we need to do this again. You know, I mean, just the memory yeah. that they still have yeah. of, of that event and, and the times we shared. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you remember this in that first one, there was a point. So they sing my old Kentucky home right before the actual Derby race. Yeah. And, um, it was our first one and it was a surreal moment. I remember, I think Sean and I, we had our, we had our arms around each other. We were like, can you believe this? <laughs> everybody was in their seats. And, yeah. At that yeah. Point. And, and then, everybody and then, was singing. And I was like, yeah. Wow. And then to look around people who weren't even from Kentucky, <laughs> my old Kentucky home. We were like, this is unbelievable. I remember that. Yeah. 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 We look at each other and kind of pinch me. Is this are did we actually are we actually pulling this off? <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't do the summit at the Derby anymore. And that change was made around the COVID-19 pandemic. And because of how much fun or how successful it had been, we were kind of nervous to make that transition, oh. right? Like we weren't sure <laughs> how it was gonna go. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. you do something and you almost become a victim of your own success a little bit. And then you start getting into, at least for me, paralysis analysis and how is this going to change? But, but the cost of Derby is expensive. So it was a, it was a pretty steep investment for people to attend. And we we thought, you know, we want to make it easy for attendees to be able to come that we're inviting. And, you know, for some, it was a bucket list thing, and, you know, and they would come and they they didn't necessarily feel the need, even though there's content there. It was you really want to go through that pageantry and and that weekend of being at the track and and doing all that. And for others, they were there, you know, every year. But it was a good move. We knew that, you know, change is inevitable. And so we were trying to get out ahead of it before we were forced to change, meaning people weren't going to come. Or We never, you know, we never got to that point because people loved it. But the change was good because it allowed us, I think, to just enhance our experiences, offer more, offer different experiences for that event and and see uh, some incredible places mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. And the, the move has been very successful. You know, we have been able to kind of like widen our pool of executives that are able to attend and still provide some really cool experiences at places like 
the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, Terranea in Los Angeles, California. So yeah, I think it's been a very positive change and maybe Puerto Rico next year. Who knows? Who knows where? I think where we, if we can dream it, you know, it's like the hardest one to pull off, we felt like was Derby. Yeah. That was such a good lesson for us just in branding and how people felt about the brand. And, and because of that, we were able to launch the Club Solutions Leadership Retreat the second year after we had it launched the Derby event, which gave us two, you know, in that club space. So that really was the kickoff of our, our event, you know, business, which now is, you know, in other brands as, as well that we have events in. I think when you get to have that human connection. And I think that's what it was for us. You know, we, we were always talking about not to have an event, just to have an event because we wanted to connect people. We wanted to have something that was real where it wasn't just us feeding content out to people and them engaging with it. We were able to engage with them at this event where, you know, where there was a human connection. And so that, that really was a draw to us. And, and I'm glad we had that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that was kind of burning inside of us. Yeah, because it pushed it pushed it through, and now it's a, it's a huge part of what we do. Yeah, I don't think we put. I can't think of another area of the business that we put as much thought and intention into when as the events. I mean, we spend a lot of time thinking about how to provide a great experience, how to bring people together, how to improve, and for the sponsors too, exactly. um, because they're just as important. So, yeah, it's it's been a great addition. So, okay. Well, I'm going to skip ahead um, and talk a little bit about just the company's core values and our culture, because, you know, unless you've kind of worked at Peak Media, which is the parent company, um, or worked with the Club Solutions team, you might not be aware. So Rico, I'm going to have you kind of just share our four core values, if you don't mind. Okay. Have integrity, be driven, collaborate, and continuously improve. I think core values... um, kind of like culture, are really a reflection of leadership, really. I mean, we have, you know, four that are stated, uh, and we do things to try and reinforce those. But I think if your leaders, if that's not who they are, both, you know, I think at work and personally, then it kind of doesn't work. Yeah. Or right or wrong, I think that's that's who we are. You know, that's that's who we were before we even started the company. <laughs> For those things. So I think it's important that we, you know, stated that to everyone. But I think the people that we have in our company, including yourself, Rachel, I think that's who you are, too. I think that's who we attract. And I think that's who we I think that's who we are. So, yeah. Yeah. We've got a great team. Yeah, they've been a great it's been a great compass for us. I mean, we we you know, it's like, Rachel, you've been through two kind of our core value cycles. Mm -hmm. You know, we made the change probably, what, three or four years ago to the ones we have now to just really simplify because we had six of them, I think. And I think they all needed explanations. They were they weren't they were a little more abstract. They were just, long. Yes. Ambiguity <laughs> with them. And, and we thought that it was important that we be clear and settle on something that we felt we could use for hiring, uh, for reviews. And that would be around and what we would want 20 years from now, 30 years from now, from the same, you know, individuals and team members that would be working with us. And so I think I think it's it's, you know, you coming up with adding, you know, kind of the the assembly platform that we're using to give kudos because we felt like it wasn't just important to state them. I mean, it's important to live them. 
you know, that, that's, that's where, you know, you get a culture, you know, if your core values become who you really are as, as a team, that's when you can, you know, have a really strong culture. And so I think that's what we've seen happen. You know, we could always be stronger. And I think we just, we have to strive to continue to work on that communication always is a key when you have a team that's, that's in, in many different places, which, which kind of the work environment's that way now. So it'd be tough. I think for me, the core value that stands out the most is continuously improve. And yeah, I just feel like that is something that we are constantly talking about. There's constant discussion and meetings on like how we can do better. I kind of alluded that to that when we were talking about the events, but that carries through in everything, whether it's our print publications, our websites. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about some of the new initiatives that we are working on because it is very much derived from that core value of continuously improve. So Rico, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about our upcoming transition, Club Solutions on Demand, going to bi-monthly, and yeah, what has inspired that. So our mission, there's another buzzword, but our mission is to educate and empower. So so we're going to do that, but how we do that is going to continue to evolve really based on technology primarily. And Club Solutions On Demand is a video-based platform for, you know, both our operators and for our vendors. So what we're doing is we're embracing uh, video as a technology as another way to educate and empower. We're really excited about it. I mean, video is dynamic in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different things you can do with video. And as a part of that, we've shifted resources or some resources, mainly time, from print to be able to pull it off. And so that's really reflective in us changing from 12 times for Club Solutions going to six times. We still are big believers in print and you know what it allows us to do, the credibility that it provides both the operators and the vendors, but we also want to embrace this new technology as well. That's the magic trick I always refer to it that we're trying to pull off <laughs> yeah. this year. We've gotten very good response. You're leading the video project for us and doing a great job. So we're really excited about it. It's probably as I think we're going to look back on it, kind of like we just talked about events. We'll probably look back on on this coming year in a similar way, I think, in terms of us um, embracing it. I think we need to continue to embrace it. I mean, there will be, you know, technology doesn't stay still. So we're going to continue to educate and empower and it's going to look like video. It could look like something else in, you know, four or five years. So, yeah. 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 It's really going to allow us to educate and empower even more. You know, I think we're going to be able to put out our, our, our intent is to put out even more content and we can probably do it quicker and more engaging on video. Mm-hmm. So we know there'll be an adoption period, but we hope it's probably, you know, we don't feel it'll be long because everything in social media and what you're seeing in media in general is prepped everybody to watch video. I mean, it feels like that's all people are doing with their phones. So we need to be there and putting content for our our audience in an easy engagement format for them. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's been a fun transition and project to work on, at least from my perspective. You know, like I said, I've been here for some time. So I don't know. It's just kind of like inspired the team that we've got this new kind of focus. And I feel like everyone's really excited about where we're headed. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are you guys most excited about regarding the company's future? Sean, let's start with you. <laughs> I think like, well, I think like you just said, I think the the video 
uh, and being able to put out meaningful content. I, I love the events as well. So I, I think those two things, as far as just, I would say, products or services that we're putting out, you know, for our for our audiences. And then maybe thirdly, just, you know, the team we have, because without, I think without the team, you know, nothing really is is impossible. And I think we've gotten better over 20 years due to all the mistakes, you know, we've made. Um, we've gotten pretty good at zeroing in on who would be a good fit. And I think we've got a really, really good team right now. And and everybody kind of has, you know, a fit. And and the team's always going to be a challenge. But, you know, th- those challenges, I think, keep us, you know, at least for me, they keep me motivated. The team changes, the products, the service change, you know, but our mission hasn't. And so I think if we can just continue to be true to that and continue that as kind of our our battle cry to make sure that we do the best we can to educate and empower health club professionals in this you know market that we're talking about as well as our others, that is that is a great guiding light for us. And so, like Rico said, the technology and how we deliver the content is going to change, but the substance of the content shouldn't you know as long as there's a business in in the health club area and and there will be fitness is a huge business we can continue to deliver you know solutions and hopefully you know really content that that can help the health club professional improve succeed and grow because that's at our core that's that's what we're about yeah Rico, what about you? What are you excited about? Yeah, I think I, I think I get most excited. I think Rachel you and I are probably similar in this way. I think I get most excited about like new opportunities. But specifically, I think seeing like what our team is going to do with mm-hmm. these opportunities, like what you're doing with video right now. So, you know, I think Sean and my primary job is to, you know, set the vision, sort of create the rules by which we play the game and then give you all the opportunity to, to take it, you know, wherever it's going to go whether that's video, whether that's a new market, whether that's whatever it is. So I'm excited about that. So I think we have a really good team, like like Sean said, and and I know I speak for him when you guys have already done more than we could have probably ever imagined with the brands and the different products that we have. So that excites me thinking about this. Because remember, Rico and I knew nothing. (laughs) We knew we needed to bring on our team people that did know, though. Well, and I think that's a lesson for other leaders truly is, is you, you guys are a real testament to hiring people who are talented and maybe, you know, better at certain things than you are and just kind of letting them run with it. You guys, you know, give us and our teams a lot of trust and a lot of autonomy. And at least for me personally, that's why I've stayed at the company for as long as I have. And that's why we do have a lot of people who've been here for 10 plus years, four plus years. We've got a, a team of people who've worked together for a long time and it's because you guys have, you know, trusted us. So I want to thank you for that. And it is a, a lesson other leaders sh- should learn from. Well, thank you. <laughs> I know the audience can't see me giving you the thumbs up right now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, you've been a huge part of it. I mean, you've been here 13 years, you've been through a lot of changes and, you know, I, I know you were interviewing us, but thanks, thanks for your leadership. Because without you and you leading the team, um, none of this would have been possible. Thank you, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, 
I think that's it. I, we touched on quite a bit about the company's history and where we're going. So all I'm going to say is happy 20 year anniversary. And here's to another two decades and many more to come. Cheers. Right. <laughs>